Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, right? He was so faithful Lord last year 2020 and he's going to be the faithful King and Lord for year 2021. You know what? Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow, right? A lot of you hear the like, rumors and all kind of uh, the messages from outside, but don't worry, God's going to hold our future, right? Because he, he's going to write history right in this history so don't worry and yeah and today thank you for our praise team uh, you guys are awesome because you guys make us to focus on God praise God you know that's the best uh, I, I guess best worship leaders don't you think so thank you Janet thank you Helen, Linda and yeah, and Naomi Zanzanim and again our engineers and thank you guys in the back Julia and John and Justin and Pastor Peters want to speak for us today. Actually, uh, he usually, usually speak for us end of uh, the last week of the month, right? But I, I had to call him last week because uh, we had an early morning special prayer that I, which I had to uh, speak for KM5 straight day. So uh, I was like, oh, Pastor Peter. So he, he was more than willing. Right, Pastor Peter? You're more than willing to help, right? <laughs> I asked him, and he's a, such a nice guy. So he doesn't say no, so uh, he's going he's gonna to come up and he's going to speak for us. He's our one and only youth pastor. Let's welcome Pastor Peter. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, today's sermon is called hit the wall. So what happens when you hit the wall, when you just bang, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm tired, I give up. So I don't know if you've ever hit the wall when it comes to like uh, eating. I remember I used to go to a lot of buffets with my brother, and we would just go for it, try to get the record amount of time, and you'd hit the wall. It's like your stomach's like, oh, that's it. I can't put any more. Or I remember if you guys play a lot of sports, sometimes you'll hit the wall physically, You'll get to that point. I don't know if you've ever pushed yourself to that point where your body won't move anymore, right? So I remember in swimming, we did uh, in water polo in high school. We had hell week in the summer, and they just train you like crazy and then try to get to see if you could reach your limit. And I remember one year, I just hit the wall. My shoulder wouldn't do, I couldn't swim it anymore. It was just, uh, this was it. It was over, all right? Or academically, sometimes we hit the wall where you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And I remember, I still remember, it was like this one key moment in my life, junior year in college, I still remember the exact spot is in my school, there's this building called Moore Hall, and I remember the exact spot where it hit me, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't want to study anymore, I don't want to do this. I had this moment. Or sometimes, spiritually, you could hit the wall, where... You're like, oh, I feel distant from God. Or, and this also happened to me in college. I felt distant from God. I'd gone to church my whole life. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to church anymore. So I didn't go for about a month. And I felt worse. <laughs> I felt more distant from God. So I went back to church. I was like, oh, I feel horrible. I should go back. So I went right back. But recently, this happened to me um, where you just, I just hit the wall this week. I was watching the news. And it just, ugh, I just hit the wall. I was like, oh, I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of hearing bad news. I felt really bad because the, 
for the youth students, we've been preaching sermons like, it's going to get better. It's going to be, 2021 is going to be different. And then I was watching the news January 6th, and I was like, oh, I felt like such a liar to the youth kids, right? It's like, what is happening? So I still remember in uh, when March comes up, uh, last year, March 2020, I told the youth students and the students of my uh, class, hey guys, don't worry, we'll be back in two weeks. I, t- I remember telling them that. And now it's almost a year of staying at home. So uh, yeah, this week I had a tough time, especially when I saw the news of the what's happening in the Capitol and everything. I had this sermon ready for you guys and for the youth of like, come back here, this is our comeback. And then after that happened, I just threw it away. I was like, this is not gonna work. So today's sermon's like, what happens when you hit the wall, when you're discouraged, when you're having a tough time uh, keeping hope alive? So this is from Ephesians chapter three. This is uh, Paul's message to the Ephesian church. And this is the point, Ephesian church hit the wall. They're very discouraged. They, yeah, they're just really discouraged, all right? So this is Paul's message to them, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and make plain to everyone the administration of his mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, do not be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Right, so the first part, he's, he's telling the Ephesian church, don't be discouraged. Remember the gospel that you have. Remember the God you have. And then he goes on in verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, for, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that our glorious riches may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. So he's encouraged them. You remember to be rooted in love and that you're going to get the power from that. Be rooted in God's love. And then he ends in verse 20. Now to him who is able to immeasurably more Then all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in church and in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Right? So he ends with remember, God is able to do more than you can imagine. Right? So this letter, Apostle Paul's writing from prison, and uh, he's trying to encourage the Ephesian church. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. So in Acts chapter 10, you could see. The Ephesian elders, they meet with Paul. They're crying. Uh, They're at the beach, and they're crying. Paul had started that church, and then he's leaving for Rome. And the Ephesian elders receive the vision that Paul's going to die, right? And they're praying with, they're just crying, saying, just stay here, right? Just stay with us, right? You don't have to go. But Paul's saying, no, no, I got to go, right? So 
Now he's in prison in Rome, and he actually does eventually get beheaded, right? So Ephesian church is totally uh, discouraged, right? So uh, Paul's message to them, he's trying to help them overcome this discouragement, right? So first thing he tells them is, remember Christ's love for you, okay? In verse 17, he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, all right? So why is Paul immediately talk about love? Because a lot of times our immediate reaction to suffering is God doesn't love me or something like that. Oh, you see with little kids a lot, right? If, you, if they say, mommy, can you buy me this? I see this at Target a lot, a lot of crying babies. And you go, mommy, buy me this. And they go, no. And they go, oh, you don't love me, right? That's their immediate reaction, right? So a lot of times uh, we could have that reaction. But then you always, whenever you feel like that, you always go back to the cross. And you look to the cross. And you see how love and suffering come together on the cross, right? So uh, I like this quote. It says, the greatness of uh, God's love mixes with the ugliness of human suffering and brings a beautiful priest peace at the cross, right? Or this is Martin Luther. He says, There's, this is the contradiction of the gospel that simultaneously I'm a terrible sinner and I'm absolutely loved, and that is a mystery, right? So that, when you look at the cross, you see, at the same time, I'm a horrible sinner and I'm absolutely loved, all right? So uh, the, when, at times like this, when I'm discouraged, this is the only thing that's gonna, that really gives me any kind of hope. Right, when I, these are a couple of my favorite verses. Psalms 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Or Matthew 5, 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right, so this is where I find hope. Where it says God is close to the broken. Right? Not the perfect. Everything's going well in their life. Everything's perfect people. Right? When it says God is close to the broken, or when it says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, right? Where uh, this word poor is for like totally destitute, homeless, uh, abject poverty, right? So if spiritually, if you can admit to God, I'm a mess, right? I don't have it all figured out. It's not all going the way I planned. Blessed are you because then you'll find God, right? So this, it, they, these verses humble me and they also give me hope, right? Because... My life might be filled with challenges, heartaches, questions, longings, confusion, but it says God is close to you, all right? So this is where I find my hope. Or, and in Ephesians 3, uh, Paul's encouraging the Ephesian church, right? Grasp how high and wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, right? So this is very funny, ironic reversal where Paul's in prison, not the Ephesian church, right? Paul's in prison, and he's telling them, hey, don't be discouraged. Remember the love of Christ, right? And he's the one comforting the Ephesian church. And he's saying, uh, remember how wide the love of God is, right? Isaiah 1.18 says, though your sins be like scarlet, you will be as white as snow, right? So God, God's love is infinitely wide. And remember how long God's love is, right? John 10 says, uh, Jesus is saying about Christians, no one can pluck them from my hand, all right? So God's love is infinitely long, all right? So whenever I think about this verse, I think of this hymn, the love of God, 
Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Right? So this is the first way Paul encourages the Ephesian church, be rooted in love. Remember the love God has for you. Right? And then the second part, the second way he tries to encourage the church, it says, remember God has a plan for you. Okay, so uh, verse, verse, 11, verse 10, he says, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? So he's saying, You'll s- God's going to show his wisdom through you guys, through the church. All right? And you'll see there's this purpose that God has through all of this we're going through. Right? So there's this main fact in the whole uh, world. I know a lot of people looking at the world say, what's going on? What's, well, why is this happening? And it all, f- well, for me as a pastor, it always comes down to the same thing. It comes down to there's a sin problem, right? We all have this sin problem. War, racism, violence, whatever it is, it comes down to that sin problem. And if we just leave it alone, things start to fall apart, right? So uh, there's sin problem, there's sinful people problem. And we can get discouraged uh, if we watched, especially recently, if we watched the news all the time. And then uh, Ephesians Church, they're super discouraged, right? Their founder, their leader is in prison, right? And they have this vision, he's going to die, right? So they're thinking it's over, right? Our, it's game over. Christianity's over, right? But Paul's encouraging them, hey, God has a plan, right? God can use this, right, for good in some way. They, you don't understand now, but God can use this. Right, so he's trying to encourage them, hey, remember, evil will never triumph over virtue, no matter how bad things look. Right? Like Martin Luther King Jr. always said, love always wins over violence. All right? And the truth will always uh, win over lies. Right? So what do you do when you hit the wall, when you're discouraged? Remember what my coach always said, game's not over at halftime. All right? He would always say the same thing every time. Every sports game, I mean, every uh, halftime, game's not over at halftime. And I remember uh, when I was in high school in water polo, we, we were bad. We were really bad. We had a losing record. Uh, and then he, there was just, but there was one time where his speech worked. There was this one time we went to this tournament. We're playing the number one team in the tournament. We were losing at halftime. And he gave the same speech, you know, play defense. Run the place like I taught you. Game's not over at halftime. And for some reason, that one tournament, it just, some, some kids like, yeah, we could do it. Yeah, we could do it. And then it did all spread where everyone's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then we came back and we won it, right? We came back and we beat the number one team in the tournament. But it only happened once in the whole high school career, right? But it was beautiful, right? I still remember it that day, that halftime speech, and it just worked. It clicked, all right? So... The basic message he's, uh, Paul's giving to the church is, hey, don't give up so easily. Game's not over at halftime, right? So they're discouraged. Ephesians church is discouraged. They're a minority group in this whole big Roman Empire, right? And he's encouraged them. It's not over yet. God has a bigger plan, right? Because And then now as we look back on history, you could see there was a whole bigger plan to this whole thing. 
right? Because the Roman Empire is gone. But if you go to Rome right now, you see St. Peter's Cathedral, this beautiful church. And you go to the Colosseum now. And then, uh, you know, back when in the Colosseum, they used to uh, crucify Christians and feed Christians to animals. Then you go to the main gateway of the Colosseum right now. And you see in the archway, they put a cross, right? And it's a total reversal, right? So sometimes uh, we can give up too early. So my encouragement to you is, Remember, game's not over at halftime, right? So Ephesians 20, he says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory, right? So if God is omnipotent and omniscient, and he could take away our pain and suffering in our life right now, why doesn't he do it, right? And the reason why is, because there's a purpose to it, right? There is some purpose to it. And the purpose is, the goal is God's trying to make us strong and courageous, all right? So it's maybe at the time we don't understand it, but in the long run, in the long view, we'll understand it. Right? I like watching these uh, baby shows, these Korean celebrities, they have their babies on, on these reality TV shows. And then <clears throat> there's always the same scene comes up when they have to take their kids to go get vaccinated. And then uh, when they get uh, the, was it the needle, the parents are always like lying to them, like, it's okay, it's not going to hurt. And then the needle goes in, and they all, the babies have the same face, that betrayal face to their parents. Like, how could you do this to me, right? There's betrayal, right? So a lot of times when we go through tough times, we could feel like that, that betrayal face to God, right? But in the long run, right, we'll understand it was all for a purpose, right? It was all to make us Stronger and courageous. I like this uh, one quote I found. The fool looks at the lightning, the wise man at the road that lies illuminated before him. Right? So when there's lightning, the fool looks at the lightning, the wise man looks at the road that's illuminated before him. Right? So uh, I want to encourage you, if you feel like you hit the wall, right? remember God has a plan. And then uh, uh, the question is, yeah, so God has a plan, so keep going. Don't give up. Right? And always remember, uh, whenever you hit the wall, you can ask yourself, what's on the other side of this wall? Right? Here's the wall. What's on the other side of the wall? And always remember, what's on the other side of this wall is what you could be. Right? The strong and courageous person that you can become. Right? If you keep going and you don't give up. Right? So, um, yeah, so for me, uh, I went through this. Uh, in like last couple years, yeah, actually 2017, so that's, it's like four years ago. All right, so this is a while ago. From 2017, 2020, I went back to school, all right, to become a teacher, and then I, I really had a hard time, all right? So I remember I didn't know what Google Drive was or Google Slides were or anything, and then they thought, I was always like the oldest person in the class. And then I remember the first two papers I turned in, uh, I, got, I got pretty much the teacher, the professor sent them back and told me to rewrite it. So basically, I was going to get Fs on those two papers. But professor was really nice, said, just rewrite this. You got to rewrite this. All right, so there were many times when I was thinking about quitting, but I kept watching this one video. All right, and this one video helped me 
through it a lot. So uh, there's this video of this fencer in 2016 Rio Olympics. There was this fencer. His name was Park Sang Young from Korea. He's a 20-year-old kid, ranked 21 in the world, and then he was, he was like a nobody in the sport, right? But somehow he made it to the gold medal match, right, in 2016. And then he went up against this guy named Imgri, and then he was, Imgri was 41 years old, reigning world champion. He had actually been to the last five Olympics. He, in the two previous Olympics, he won two silvers, right? So this guy's the man. He's like the Michael Jordan of fencing, right? And then in this match, it's, the score went to 14-10, and in fencing, first to 15 wins, right? So Imgri just needs one more point, and he, and he wins. So it's basically over, right? So there's a video. Here's what happens in the match. certain that he will take the gold medal gives at Emre, 20 years after bronze in 1996. Oh, gets one back. Emre just needs a double, didn't land that one though. Hearts closed the gap. Oh no! It's another one for Park! Oh, oh it's Park's What a remarkable final here. Gezit Imre at the age of 41 was miles ahead. 14 all, 50 the target. So that's Park Sang Young. He won the first Olympic uh, gold for Korea. And uh, yeah, he was a nobody. He came out of nowhere. He was down by five. There was, he had no chance of winning this. But somehow he pulled this off. And the clip that I watched, uh, they took it down from YouTube, but there's a clip where it's 14-14. Imgri calls a timeout. Right? And then they zoom in on Park. right, And he's just sitting there. And you could read his lips, and he just keeps saying, He just keeps saying, I could do it, I could do it, I could do it. He's just pumping himself up, I could do it. And then he does it, right? Huge comeback. All right, so I remember in 2019, I kept watching this video over and over because there were times where I hit the wall, I thought I couldn't do it, I couldn't finish this uh, school program, and I just kept telling myself, I could do it, I could do it. I keep pumping myself up, right? So uh, my encouragement to you guys was, yeah, this past week did not go the way I thought it would. And I was really discouraged uh, January 6th, whatever that was, Wednesday around there. So uh, my encouragement to you is when you hit the wall, always remember what's on the other side of that wall. That's that strong and courageous version of you if you just keep going, if you don't give up, right? And whenever you feel discouraged, out of it, just remember that guy, remember Park, and just sit there and tell yourself, I see so, right? I can do it. All right, let's pray. Dear God, I just pray we all want to be strong and courageous, 
but uh, it's uh, this year started off uh, not like the way I thought it was. And uh, last year has been tough on a lot of people. Uh, there's people who are suffering with their physical health, financial issues, mental health. Kids are suffering. They're tired of school. Uh, and I just pray, Lord, that we would all uh, do what Paul says here, to put our hope in you, Lord. Put our hope being rooted in the love of God. Put, put our hope in that, God, you have a plan for us, Lord, and help us to continue to keep the faith even when it's like the odds are against us and even when we're just thoroughly discouraged to keep the faith and know that with you, we can do it. With you, we, we can overcome whatever walls are in our way, Lord. And we thank you uh, again for your love and your faithfulness. And I just pray, Lord, um, we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.